the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Source for business and investing news. This is the Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Ukraine supporters are circulating a proposed resolution to the U.N. General Assembly on the eve of the first anniversary of the Russian invasion. Supporters say the proposed resolution underscores the need for peace, ensuring Ukraine's sovereignty, independence, unity and territorial integrity. The proposed resolution obtained on Friday by the Associated Press is broader and less detailed than Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's 10-point peace plan. UN diplomats speaking on condition of anonymity because discussions have been private said this was a deliberate decision by Ukraine and its backers to try to gain maximum support when the resolution is put to a vote on February 23. I'm Charles Dilladesma. Five days after that major earthquake along the border of Turkey and Syria, rescue teams are still using equipment to try and find signs of life. This is SRN News. It takes teamwork to stay safe on Minnesota roads during the winter. You can help. When you see snowplows at work, slow down. Slower speeds can save lives. Don't crowd the plow and leave plenty of space between yourself and other vehicles. Keep your headlights on to see and be seen. Avoid distractions and always stay alert behind the wheel. This message brought to you by the Minnesota Department of Transportation, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station. It looks like a map of tiny rivers on a tiny continent. I see an intricate spider web created by spiders who studied French Impressionism in college and wear berets. I see a geometric pattern reminiscent of alien crop circles. That long scar on Frankenstein's forehead, it looks like that. A San Francisco sidewalk after an earthquake. It looks like when I spilled wine on the new carpet. Good idea to bring that up. It's Humpty Dumpty after he had that thing. Poor guy, that must have really left a mark. Stare at it all you want. It's not going away. That crack in your windshield could cost you a ticket. It hinders visibility, it's unsafe for you and your family, and it's only going to get worse. Make one call to Advantage Auto Glass. What's the advantage? Free mobile service, on-time scheduling wherever and whenever you want, the highest quality parts and adhesives. They'll settle that claim and your insurance picks up the tab. So don't let a minor annoyance turn into a major problem. Call Advantage Auto Glass at 952-423-6396 or go to Replace My windshield.com the ramsey show i found a job that's very rewarding but they're gonna work me like a dog it's a 70 hour work week 70 hours a week man's not woman's not created to work like that indefinite yeah that's an indefinite situation you married i am not married you won't be yeah you could do it for a short term don't sell out for something that just looks good it's got to be good in all aspects break free from debt with the ramsey show weekday afternoons one to four portions of this program may have been pre-recorded the views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management <laughs> Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show. How about a fresca? Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. He's a strange doctor. Strange doctor. We finally made it to campus. Boy, it must feel like campus today. If you just joined us or if you're picking us up on the podcast, I'm going to tell you that you probably need to go back and find the first hour on the podcast as well. And I would I, this may be one of the very few times I tell you, go listen to the first hour first, because I'm going to continue with something that I started here. Um, and so let me summarize. And I want to thank uh, I want to thank uh, um, uh, my research assistant, Don, on Twitter who posted the uh, posted the uh, story of Newton's cradle? I can never remember that it's Newton that that 
has the cradle story initially. But Frisch, who uh, Ragnar Frisch won the Nobel Prize in 1969, um, relatively young, I believe. I think he was only 50 when he run, won it. Um, and and he was one of the people who was involved in the research. You have to remember, the Great Depression caught a lot of economists by surprise. Frisch would have been a teenager through that period. And so when he comes out, when he, go, when he comes into university um, just before World War II, he is, um, he is everybody, not just him, but everybody's trying to figure out how do we explain these things that are, these cycles that are ruining millions of people's lives? What do we do? And, and rather than trying to come up with theories to explain why they happen, he wanted to come up with observations to explain what happens. He was focused on, he was really focused more on the observational type of, uh, the, the more of the observation and measurement side of it, which is much more closely tied to a scientific method than a lot of the theorizing that folks like uh, Keynes or uh, or Herod and uh, Roy Herod or or um, or even later Paul Samuelson did, um, uh, Alvin Hansen. I, I'm sorry, I'm giving you names that probably none of you know. Um, I want to thank Lynn for. Uh, I want to shout out to Lynn for the thanks talking about someone's son in Northwest Bank. Um, yeah, he hasn't been there for uh, a, a long time. I want. To I want to say 30 years since he, 20, no, probably 20 years since he left. But um, he's, I mean, I've met him. He's come up to campus. Uh, uh, he came up to campus a couple of times when he was uh, chief economist at Norwest. And um, and uh, is, um, is you know, the author of this article, which if you go back in our Twitter feed using, using the hashtag pound KBRS or just follow me at Banyan Show, um, this piece by Rich Miller that uh, actually talks about uh, about where where um, Sung Wan San says this is not one that's going to go through, uh, you know, where all the all the industries go up and down at once, and to which I say, but that would be very much unlike any other business cycle. Is that possible? Absolutely. Frank on Twitter says. You know, we keep saying this time it's different when it's not different, but maybe this time it really is different. Well, it's possible. It's You kind of have to do some work to get at business cycles where you can reasonably argue using Frisch's language that you could actually have more than one impulse. Two truly separated impulses. And that's why I, you know, as I... And, and I come on this show, and sometimes I'm working the theory out in my head during the show. Um, I'm prepared to sort of modify what I initially thought, which was supply shock followed by by helicopter drop. And starting the helicopter drop in April of 20, I'm willing to actually push it out to December to say that the April 20 was simply an accommodation of the shock, Right. A, a, the COVID shock, because it disrupted all manner of production, right, had to cause an increase in prices. Prices fell because, not because of the, because of what happened on the supply side, but what happened on the demand side. And what happened on the demand side was not so much people didn't have money to go spend, they had money. They simply couldn't go out. So all that did was delay, okay? All that did was delay. It, it if you pr- forgive me for using this term, it flattened the curve of consumption and of economic activity, not just flattened the curve of people in hospitals. And... All that did was to delay it because you had this buildup in savings that that you saw. Let me go ahead and play that again. This is Ian Shepardson uh, from High Frequency Economics. He's a, re- he's a, a pretty well-known economic researcher. Let's play this again. Cut number two. 
So the NBER defines recession in, in much more broad terms. It's all about falling output, falling incomes, falling employment. I don't think we're going to get that. The market shorthand for recession, of course, is two quarters of falling uh, GDP. And I think there's a very good chance that we get that. But, but my guess is that the U.S. Is, is quite well placed to skirt a formal NBER recession. I do think that the state of the private sector's finances offer quite a big cushion against what the Fed is doing. So the Fed is hammering away with rates. But the private sector's debt service costs are still very... Very low. Their balance sheets are pretty strong. Savings buildup is still there for some people, anyway. And so there's quite a lot of protection against what the Fed's doing. And if you look at if you look at what the NBER looks at in terms of trying to measure those broad range of activities, they have a set of data that that constitute what we would call uh, coincident indicators, or roughly, you know, let me be careful. I'll use that word, roughly coincident indicators. Back in 1992, I would I would copy off this article by uh, Victor Zarnowitz, who is one of the pioneers in doing the same kind of work in the United States that Frisch was doing in Europe, in terms of classification, trying to measure, trying to observe, and so forth. And Zarnowitz, terribly unknown in my, in my mind, unheralded as an economist in the United States, Zarnowitz would classify employment, the unemployment rate, GNP and personal income, industrial production. And the one thing that really kind of went kerflui during this whole time period was the velocity of money. That is roughly coincident with a business cycle. But what happened at the beginning at what happened to the business cycle here? We flooded so much money into the system that the velocity of money slowed down. It's when I hear folks talk about Japanification, like, like, like David Bonson, who I know some of you would listen to, or even a John Malden talk about Japanification. It's the fact that additional debt, additional liquidity, additional money supply isn't stimulating the economy in the same way as it did before. And that was true during this period, right? It wasn't as stimulative as we thought it would be. But we look at sales data. We look at production of, of consumer goods. We look at equipment sales and machinery and, and, and the production of those things. Those are all supposed to be coincident indicators. And the twin shocks of COVID and helicopter drop could push some of those numbers in one direction and others in the other direction and could get people to say, hey, I think the economy is kind of a little sideways here. You know, and that, that maybe we'll get a recession in housing, which clearly I think happened in the second half of 2022, but which seems to be, and I listened to just a little bit to uh, to the real estate folks uh, this morning on the show before ours, and it sounds like, I was actually talking to a local uh, a local. Uh, real estate guy here in St. Cloud, and he says, I actually think I'm going to do pretty well. Interest rates went from 7 to 6, and that's bringing people back in because they're not going to wait around for 3% again. They know that's not coming back. So when they see the rate go from 7 to 6, they're willing to jump. I went and looked at a car to buy uh, uh, this past week, and I I remember looking at, look, and, I, and first of all, the prices are reasonable, not great, but getting down to the point where those prices are coming down. And this is one of those, again, one of those impacts that has had. So much of the housing inflation seems to have passed and is coming back. A lot of the core of that goods inflation number, core goods, well, these aren't, this isn't core, but actually looking at goods inflation. If you look at used car prices, how much of the increase in inflation was attributable to used cars because because of the COVID impulse, which caused rental companies to simply not buy cars for approximately six to eight months. Instead, they flooded, they dumped their fleets in the middle of 2020. Used car prices collapsed because the market had all these rental cars that no longer were being rented. And then all of a sudden, 
people want to start taking trips again, and the rental car companies look around their look look at their inventory and say, "Oh, um, we need more cars." Combine that with the supply shock, the supply impulse of the inability to get semiconductors out of China or Taiwan or the bottlenecks that are happening there, and you have a recipe for a huge upswing in prices. Oh, but that was temporary. Yes, you know what? The used car price impulse is a temporary shock, or I'll even say the word transitory. Yep, that's true. But this is where propagation makes makes raises its its face. When prices in some goods rise, we tend to see that prices of all other goods rise, and that happens more often and more readily in a world with easy credit. Indeed, we have a word for that in economics, not used so much in teaching modern day economics. My my youngins down the hallway in the economics department probably don't use this word very much, but the word we used a lot in the 80s and 90s and 2000s was monetary policy was accommodating a supply shock. Fiscal policy was accommodating a supply shock. It was trying to propagate the shock to prices through the rest of the system to spread it out and have everybody bear a little pain rather than the people that absolutely got to have a used car or the people who absolutely got to have a Peloton to face the music all by themselves, while for other places, for other parts of the country or other industries, prices would fall because you were trying to adhere to a level of price stability. That isn't what happened. That's the monetary policy side. And in the fiscal policy side, was validating that accommodative policy by sending out checks and so forth. But in 2021, things changed. And that's where we're going to turn to next. Believe me, I'm going to get back to talking about Jay Powell at some point in this conversation. We're getting there. We're just not there quite yet. But we'll be back to that right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. In 1981, Heritage Christian Academy began with 13 students. Today, they celebrate God's faithfulness with 550 students in grades pre-K through 12. God has shown his provision for HCA for 40 years. Let me introduce one of God's faith-filled stories. Hi, my name is Tim. In 1989, we trusted this school to begin educating our kids. Nowadays, we trust it to educate our grandkids. I still coach here, and my wife now works here. Heritage has become much of the central fabric of our lives. We love this school for all the moments that happen when so many people invest in and commit to one another. Those moments build into real relationships, many of which last a lifetime. We love and appreciate the partnership Heritage has with parents. Heritage Christian Academy is very much together in the education of the children whom God has entrusted to them. For more information about Heritage Christian Academy in Maple Grove, visit heritageweb.org. Heritage Christian Academy, equipping minds, engaging hearts, and encountering Jesus Christ. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. 
Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your time share or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. You need to call the police and you need to call your father. And you need to get you and your son away from this guy. We're going to remove the trespasser. I want to fix it. That's why I want it to my home, and I just want to be able to No, 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 honey, honey, we don't need to call a realtor. We need to get the boyfriend out of the house, and that's going to involve the police. You and your son are in danger. You have to get away from this guy. Listen, you are worth being okay. Direct, honest, helpful. The Ramsey Show, live on the Biz 1440, weekdays 1 to 4. Save 700 gallons of water and 250 pounds of salt this year with the new wet technology water softener from Commerce Water. Get $400 for your old softener. Commerce will haul it away too. Commerce.com. Commerce Water. Go to Commerce.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz fourteen forty. I'm almost done with this this talk. I typically don't take uh, an hour and a half to to get through one point, but as I t- said at the beginning of the last hour, this is sort of like my replacement classroom. I want to thank Don for posting a physics uh, lecture uh, from some professor talking about about potential and kinetic energy and and how the pendulums move, and I. I think i saw this lecture not that particular one but i saw a lecture like it once and i just love it when people can use um can use actual uh, um, demonstrations and props in a classroom it's it's harder to do in economics but it but you can so let me explain why then this is so hard for us to figure out okay so the thesis in a nutshell is we had two impulses not one one impulse being COVID, and let's let's wrap into that the immediate reaction to COVID, which I would say is is um, it includes the Fed's immediate gusher of money in March of 2020, in the second half of March of 2020, the CARES Act in April of that year. Um, so that is a supply shock. With with accommodation, with a val- first from the from monetary policy and then validated with a fiscal policy that pushes in the same direction. It's got to drive prices higher. We don't know what happens to output. We have no idea what would have happened to output in the absence of that accommodation of the supply shock. Would have been worse. I don't know. I don't know how much worse it would have been. That's something that uh, a whole lot of of PhD dissertations in economics will be written over the next 10 to 15 years about that, just as all the initial work on business cycles came after the Great Depression. Okay? That that experience is going to launch a whole lot of research, and that's great. All right? But it is too soon for us to answer that question. We don't know. And then you add to it the second shock, which is a demand shock. That is, in my mind, even though we will say, well, it's a response to COVID, you really can't argue a year later, a year after COVID, that the the American recovery plan uh, of, of, 20, of March of 21 is an accommodation of the COVID shock. The COVID shock is already working its way through the system. You've already done a whole lot of accommodation. The economy is already growing. And inflation is already happening. And then you added that. But these push in opposite directions. So if you think about how you're going to measure whether or not a recession is coming, and you look at the long list of leading indicators that we could use to try to get at that, Okay, if you look at the investment markets, for one, look at new new building permits, capital appropriations, business formations, movements in movements in business inventories. Those are all 
pointing in the, you know, those went through numerous changes. And right now, right now, except for building permits, which are down, those other numbers are still fairly strong. You look at the consumption, trade, orders, and delivery, basically the production of consumer goods, those are weak. You look at you look at the employment sector, it's it's obviously quite strong as we saw last week. Okay, you look at the stock market and the bond market, look at sensitive material prices. Those are moving in opposite directions right now. And then you look at the the growth of the money supply, which is actually negative for the first time. My gosh, for the probably the first time in my memory, certainly as a professional economist, I can't I can't name for you the last time that the money supply dropped um, on a year over year basis, but it did in 2022. Yes, it rose dramatically in 2021. But we have never experienced a place where we increased it dramatically and then just flat out stopped. We have raised it dramatically, then had it go up at a smaller rate. But we've never had it drop before. Changes in consumer credit, substantial, going up. Real money supply, though, going down. Private sector borrowing, getting tighter than it did before. There are a whole lot of different indicators, and they're all moving in different directions. And that's what makes that prediction business so hard. Um, at Citibank, and it's a strategist, Andrew Hollenhorst, was on Bloomberg this week and talking about what that might mean for inflation. Let's play this. Cut number one, please, Spencer. Cut one. I think we're still a ways away from 2%. And we have some good news on inflation, which is that goods inflation has cooled. But that's really what we're seeing in these monthly inflation prints. And Chair Powell was trying to emphasize that. And let me just reemphasize that, that a big part of what we've seen is used car prices that are coming down, goods inflation in general that has slowed. So that's good news on the inflation front. But if you look at those non-shelter services, you look at services away from housing, those are still inflating at a rate of about 4% annualized. So it does look like maybe some of the, the, the biggest, most aggressive inflation on the good side has come off, but we still have this services inflation, and that's what's going to be sensitive to the labor market. That's what's going to be sensitive to a number like 500,000 plus jobs. That is... And that, so, it is unusual to see inflation rates go in such different directions. To have at the same time, I mean, I've been looking for another car for about four or five months. And it, at the start of it, I looked at the prices and I said, wow, they've gone up quite a bit. Maybe I should hold back. I'll just see if I can pick a spot. Maybe I can find a, a cheap vehicle. I can tell you, in the last 45 days... My perception is at least those prices come down to where you don't say to yourself, well, at that price, I might as well buy a new one, right? If you could find it. I was looking, I was, I was talking to someone who's, who's talking to someone at one dealership. And I said, you know, I really like this particular model and, 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 and make, uh, you guys, you guys are the dealership for these. When do you expect you're getting more of them? Because my wife wants this color and I want this set up and so forth and he's like oh, it's going to be a while and I said days? weeks? no months? probably and that's been there for a while right and, 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 but the used car market you're beginning to see more used cars finally hit that market and I can tell you I was just you know I, I, I can tell you that 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 number went up by quite a bit. I don't know a world where where supposedly we have a big inflation problem. We and and I think we do, but simultaneously, we think we have falling prices for many goods, like the goods in, um, like like used cars. Okay, you see Peloton coming down. You see, right? Take a look at the size. Take a look at the changes in the market where 
some stocks, you know, the stock market in general is doing okay. Not great, but okay. But at the same time, you've got tech firm after tech firm after tech firm announcing layoffs. And because the tech firms are, are where a lot of the excitement of stock of stock buyers are happening, they're the things that show up on Bloomberg and CNBC and Fox Biz and, and, and Yahoo Finance. And that is the entirety of what people are focused on. The, you know, and then a number comes in like 517 and people last uh, week ago yesterday and people are like, what? How can there be 517,000 jobs added? They just cut 7,000 people at Disney. <laughs> yeah, I get it. My point is, you can have these things go in multiple directions. An explanation for it can be, could be, that we actually experience more than one impulse. The COVID is still leaving some impact. Because remember, when you have the swing go, it goes and, you know, you, you hold it back and you build up this potential energy. You let it go. It explodes through to the other side. And then it builds up some energy and comes back. And there are swings. And that swing, that cradle, Newton's cradle, if you're, if you're following us on Twitter, Newton's cradle is getting some love today from uh, the KBRS crowd. Um, the, um, that cradle rock is happening. And you're going to see these swings, but when you've got two different people trying, giving it two different impulses happening to the swing or the cradle, Cradle goes in funny directions, and it's really hard to predict. And so there are a lot of people out there giving predictions like these, and i got to tell you, I am so glad I do not work for a bank where I have to go on a TV show and talk about what my forecast is. I go on one radio program here in St. Cloud once a month, and he's always asking me, but recession, what are you thinking, recession? And for the last couple of months, I've said, well, you know what, I don't think we actually know. I just don't think we, we actually know what the answer to that is. Let's take a break here when we come back. Okay, pity the people at the Federal Reserve who are trying to think about what happened. And how did Jay Powell react to that 517 number a week ago? We actually found out this past week. We'll play a little bit of that for you right after this on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. a baby? She is? Will it be a boy? Or will it be a girl? We don't know yet, but we heard the heartbeat and my dad said this is gonna be someone very special. You mean like being a president? Or maybe a doctor? Well, probably maybe like a singer or dancer, I think. Hello, my name is Marianne Kowarski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We know that every baby is a miracle and has the potential to do great things. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-260-1792. 800-260-1792. That's 800-260-1792. Arby's Computer Service. 
You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz fourteen forty. Oh, that's a good that's a good riff. I like that. Um, I asked Spencer, is this anything you listened to before you started doing doing the King Banyan Show, or is this your stuff, or are you just playing stuff that uh, you think I like? He's not going to tell me. Oh, he's just he's type he's typing his answer. I'm just curious. Um, I'm, because, um, uh, as I said, this is, um, yeah, from my previous shows, yeah, anytime you, you, I don't know if anyone follows uh, Steve Hayward over at Powerline Blog. I, he, I, I actually will listen to his his podcast from time to time. It's a little, it's a little too much politics for my taste at this particular moment, but his love of progressive rock. Um, uh, it keeps me coming back. I keep uh, I keep trying to find out what's going on. So let me tell you, 651-289-4477 with questions, comments. Here's the thing to pay attention to. This coming week, when we come when we come back next week, it'll be inflation Saturday because we're going to get the CPI report on Tuesday, okay, the PPI report on Thursday. CPI is, okay, came in at... Um, Six and a half percent last time. The forecast is for six three on the year over year rate. Core inflation expected to be at five point four percent, down from five point seven percent last time, um, and so it, so that's a big number. Another couple of numbers that will show up though that in this inflation world, or excuse me, in this business cycle world that we've just been talking about could very well be in two different directions and could be confusing. Both will hit the number, will hit at about 45 minutes apart. So retail sales will come out at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central um, for January. Consensus is that retail sales would be up 1.5% on that Wednesday number, uh, 1.5, 1.6%. Trading economics is forecasting that number at 1.2. It was down 1.1% in December, so the January number to be at 1.6%. If that is positive and closer to 2%, that's a sign that that consumer is still spending, right? And that the demand for services and for goods and services from the households is still out there. Okay, it might. It's probably going to slow. The year-over-year number is forecasted to be at four and a half percent. Anything that gets closer to five percent is going to be a sign that 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 on that piece, the demand pull, the demand pull of the of the fiscal policy and the not yet quite too tight monetary policy is going to be is going to be seen and talked about by people during the week. And then and then on the other part, industrial production, which is a huge number coming in at 815, uh, the, the, 
the forecast is for a 1.1% increase, according to Trading Economics. Uh, Bill McBride at um, Bill McBride puts the uh, consensus increase at at 0.5%. I'm just going to remind you that number two was down uh, in in December. And so if it bounces back, that's a pretty positive number. Right now, the GDP forecast that you're seeing, the Atlanta Fed has us at above 2% growth for Q1, but all of the other places either are still waiting for data to start their forecast or the early, early ones that are out there are below 1%. And that's kind of the world we are living in. We have have to wait for some more data. And that's, in fact, what Jay Powell was saying. He was interviewed Monday morning um, at the... um, uh, he was interviewed Monday morning by David Rubenstein from from Bloomberg at a conference in New York, and was asked basically, "You guys put out your your twenty five basis point increase on Wednesday. You had a press conference. You talked about what the world was like, and then on Friday, we get the five seventeen, which had to come to a surprise to you." Rubenstein asked, "If you knew then what you know now about the five seventeen, would that have changed your mind at all? Would you have done something different? And this was Jay Powell's answer. This is from Monday, cut number four. Uh, so the message we were sending at the FOMC meeting last Wednesday was really that um, the disinflationary process, the process of getting inflation down, has begun. And it's begun in the goods sector, which is uh, about a quarter of our economy. But it has a long way to go. These are the very early stages of disinflation. So the services sector really, except for housing services, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, is not really showing any, any disinflation yet. So our message really was this process is likely to take quite a bit of time. Uh, it's not going to be, uh, we don't think, smooth. It's probably going to be bumpy. And I, my argument is that's because they are still dealing with the impacts of the two shocks, not just one, but two. And yes, I will lay, and I'm happy to, I'm happy to defend myself on this. I will lay the blame for that, in no small part, on the current administration deciding that a third large, 1.8 trillion dollar fiscal policy package in March of 21 was appropriate for this economy. It was, it, it's possible. I would argue it is the case that the CARES Act was was a reasonable response. I didn't love it, but I understood it, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I suppose this is what you got to do. And then turn around a year later and say, but it's too it's too much now, and that's in fact what people like Larry Summers or Mohammed El Arian, uh, uh, or even even I would I would say more. Uh, Keynesian-ish economists like Olivier Blanchard have said, John Cochran has said, it was too much, too late in the cycle, it was mistimed, you probably shouldn't have done that. Okay? And so they and so they have it, right? And that I believe means that 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 517 is probably a negative. And when we get the inflation numbers again, if they come in the forecast for the forecast year over year core CPI is 5.4%. That's a number that they're going to watch very carefully. They're going to get that number. They're going to get that number, even though the only other PCE, personal consumption expenditure deflator number they'll have, will come at the end of February. And then they will meet again without another one, but they will get another core CPI number before the meeting in March. So that's why this week matters so much. And that's why he's saying, he says, look, I'm looking for this stuff. And, and as he's been very consistent with, just as uh, Andrew Hollenhorst, we played a little bit earlier, said, let's, you know, let's play that again. Cut number one. I, I think we're still a ways away from 2%. And we have some good news on inflation, which is that goods inflation has cooled. But that's really what we're seeing in these monthly inflation prints. And Chair Powell is trying to emphasize that. And let me just reemphasize that, that a big part of what we've seen is used car prices that are coming down, goods inflation in general that has slowed. So that's good news on the inflation front. 
But if you look at those non-shelter services, you look at services away from housing, those are still inflating at a rate of about 4% annualized. So it does look like maybe some of the, the, the biggest, most aggressive inflation on the good side has come off but we still have this services inflation and that's what's going to be sensitive to the labor market. That's what's going to be sensitive to a number like 500,000 plus jobs. So the question will be, does it matter that whether or not that, does it matter whether or not that 500,000 shows up as a tick up that goes above the expectation for CPI, which has had now the, ex, the people that do the expectations have had time to digest and they're at a forecast of 5.4 right now. If they come back, if the number comes back above, above say, 5.5, that's going to be seen as negative on the market this week. Let me play one more cut for you. Um, governor Chris Waller, who used to work at the St. Louis Fed, he's now governor governor of the Federal Reserve He in D.C. Uh, the St. Louis Fed covers a pretty broad area, but one of the places it covers is Arkansas. Uh, it's in the St. Louis district, not in the not in the Dallas district, as some people might have assumed. Um, and and he has an old old friend who's on the faculty at Arkansas State, and he was down uh, for a couple days at on the campus at, at Arkansas State, giving a couple talks. And this is from a luncheon talk that he gave uh, on. I want to say this is actually Thursday of this past week. Maybe it was Friday. Not positive. But anyway, Chris Waller uh, this week talking about his look at inflation. Cut five. Some believe that inflation will come down quite quickly this year. That would be a welcome outcome if it happened. But I'm not seeing signals of this quick decline in the economic data. And I'm prepared for a longer fight to get inflation down to our target. That's enough probably to have caused a little heartburn to people that were betting that uh, it's it's uh, you can buy risky assets. Um, I think there is risk that the Fed continues to go higher. I I think the expectation now we'll talk. I, I'm going to have to take a break. But when we come back, I'm going to read you what's happened in the last week in terms of the expectation for the Fed funds rate over the remaining remainder of 2023. We'll do that right after this. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Does inflation have you worried? Maybe you have an appliance or two on life support or dated ones that need to be renewed before the holidays? Don't worry. Appliance Renew has your back. Hey, it's Michael, owner of Appliance Renew. We have a large inventory of brand new name brand scratch and ding appliances at 20 to 50% off. Appliance Renew is your peace of mind solution in these crazy economic times. We have over 250 brand new scratch and ding appliances from LG, Whirlpool, GE, Maytag, Frigidaire, and more. Just waiting for you in our Farmington showroom. All appliances are brand new with a little ding or two. We thoroughly inspect and test everything, and we stand behind our appliances with a complete one-year warranty. Whether you're looking for washers, dryers, stoves, refrigerators, dishwashers, ovens, or more, you'll find it at Appliance Renew in downtown Farmington. Stop by today or search for Appliance Renew online. Saving money is worth the drive when a little ding doesn't mean a thing at Appliance Renew. 
The Ramsey Show. I don't want to be the little pig in the straw house anymore. I'm going to get my crap together. I'm going to get out of debt and have an emergency fund. I'm going to be the little pig in the brick house so when the wolf comes and blows, I don't have credit card debt. I don't have student loan debt. I don't have car payments. I'm under control and I got a pile of money. You know what would happen? The economy would collapse. No, it wouldn't. The economy would boom. No-nonsense financial talk. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 here on The Biz 1440. The Ramsey Show. You're also supposed to enjoy money. Now, some of you that overspend out there, you spend like you're in Congress, you don't have any issue with this enjoying money thing. Enjoying money without overdoing it is a sign of maturity. The Ramsey Show, live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Okay, so I now know Spencer is looking at old playlists and helping me out here, uh, which is great. Here's the story, Spencer, on... Here's the story of that song in, in one sentence. June 1975, the graduating class of Manchester Memorial High, all 610, sang that song from the bleachers um, at the JFK Coliseum in, in Manchester. I was one of the 610. <laughs> uh, that's, that's my attachment to that song. Um, I was in the chorus and and was actually sort of asked to help other people sing it and realized I have no future as a as a music teacher uh because I didn't help anybody sing it it sounded terrible um let me let me take you take you now through what happened in terms of rates in this last week just to think about this before I get to the Fed funds rate, I want to point out the one thing that uh, that this friend of mine said, and, and I've been seeing some other reports on this, and it causes a little, should cause you a little trouble. This realtor tells me I'm actually getting more calls on cars, uh, on houses, excuse me. I was just chatting about cars with uh, one of our listeners online. And on houses, he said, no, I'm getting some demand back. And he says, I think part of that's because the uh, mortgage rates have come down from the mortgage rates have actually come down back to 6% from being over 7%. And that's true. In the last two, two and a half months, you've seen a one, basically a 1% decline in mortgage rates. I think the 7% number was a number that was, was driven by by fear of where might the Federal Reserve go, not clear if they were going to stay with the jumbo size increases in rates. As the Fed has given better signaling that they were now coming into a world where they were going to move only at the 25s, and I think you can say now no, there will be no rate increase in the, in the rest of 23 that is more than a 25 basis point increase. They're not, they're not talking like that at all. That allowed banks to sort of get a little more comfortable with lending in the low sixes. Um, I even saw, um, I, as I was mentioning, I was looking at cars. I actually checked my uh, my credit union's rates for car loans, and those are those are in the fours, which I found which I found very interesting indeed. Um, so, as I study uh, um, what's happening with rates right now. The next meeting, which is on March 22nd, so again, you'll get one more. You'll get one more job report. You'll get two more CPI reports before you get there. Right now, 91 percent probability that there's going to be a rate increase of of 25 basis points, but there's still nine percent in rate possibility of a 50 basis point increase. A month ago. 16%, there was a 6% probability there'd be no rate increase. That's now gone away. What's more interesting to me is what happens after March. Okay, I think 25 basis points is pretty much in the books, but they are saying we're data dependent. We might do more or less depending on what we see. And they've got three to three major data points to look at. 
take a look instead at what's happening in the what's happening on the May on the May Fed funds rate futures market right now pricing in a 74% probability for another rate hike in May a week ago that was below 60% um a week ago, a 40% probability that there'd be, there'd be one rate increase and then done, that's now fallen to 18%. Even more interesting, the June numbers. The June numbers. Most people thought one or two. Everyone's sort of like, well, they might do two. So everyone's kind of come around to two. But you still see you still see about a 42% chance that we would go beyond two to three rate increases. Whereas the probability of that even a week ago was about 14%. So from 14 to 42 in a week. Market participants are acting like the Fed's going to stay pretty hot and keep raising rates. What would you make of that? I'll tell you what I make of that. If they think that's true, then they clearly believe that the market has enough oomph, has enough momentum in terms of employment and output and production to maybe, maybe in fact, skirt past a recession. I think that's what, that's what those markets tell me. And if I go out and look in December, so... Let's say the rate's somewhere between five and five and a half by June. Okay, we'll just we'll just widen the band out and say most likely the rate's above five five by five and maybe even above five and a quarter in June. I go and look at December when we think there'd be a cut. There's still just doing the I'm doing math quickly in my head. There's still adding up the the contracts at five five and a quarter and five and a half. And there's still approximately a 44% chance that the rate stays above five all the way through to the end of the year. These are not rates that indicate a serious recession. They are rates that indicate that if there is a recession at all, that recession is likely to be very mild. I still think there will be a recession here. But as I've said consistently, I believe, throughout, throughout this period, I don't think the recession is going to be very strong. Markets are warming up to that fact, and they're warming up to, to what the Fed's been trying to tell them, which is rates aren't coming down for the rest of 23. Um, and I think the market has caught up uh, to that. So I uh, thank you for listening to me today. I uh, thank you for giving me a chance to explain a little business cycle theory to you for the first 90 minutes of the show. We'll be back on an inflation Saturday next week here on the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time time to do something good for the vets give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country and your old car can really help them so call the veterans car donation program right now for free pickup of your vehicle help the vets and help your taxes at the same time call right now 800-884-9018 800-884-9018 that's 800-884-9018 I always thought that tires would be more expensive at a dealership, but Invergrove Hyundai proved me wrong. Hi, it's Mike from Rosemont. I knew I needed a new set of tires before winter. My go-to is usually my warehouse club because, hey, they're a warehouse club, right? They have to have the best deal. I bought two cars at Invergrove Hyundai, and they're great to work with, so I thought I'd just see what they had to offer. I told Tyler what I usually spend and asked if he had a good set of tires in that price range. He gave me a great quote, and it was a few bucks under my limit on a set of four tires. Plus, he got me in and out in an hour. 
If you need tires, skip the specialty shop and the warehouse clubs and give Invergrove Hyundai a call. Let them know what you need, and they'll take care of you like they did for me. Invergrove Hyundai's service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment at InvergroveHyundai.com. That's InvergroveHyundai.com. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all. The few, the proud, the Marines. The Biz 1440. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.